Porter Mitchell was a 19th century operatic soprano from Melbourne, Australia. If you're Australian, you already know this story. She was so much more than that. Mitchell, who was also a bit of a diva, changed her name to Melba as an adopted Swedenim to her hometown of Melbourne. She left Australia and found success singing in Brussels, and then moved to London quickly, establishing herself as the leading lyric soprano at Covent Garden in 1888. She achieved further success in Paris, other parts of Europe, and soon at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. In the First World War, Melba raised large sums of money for war charities in Australia. She was a big deal. A tunnel on Melbourne's East Link Freeway today is named in her honour. Sydney Town Hall has a marble relief bearing the inscription, Remember Melba. A street in San Francisco is also named for her, Melba Avenue. The $100 Australian note to this day still features her image. French chef Auguste Escoffier even named several foods after her, including, and you've heard of these, maybe had them, peach melba and melba toast. And if you've watched season four, episode three of Downton Abbey, that's the most famous opera singer in the world today, Dame Kiri Tikanawa, playing Dame Nellie Melba, the opera singer. Long before today's social media influencers, she was an influence, still is. Today on Stories and Strategies, a look back at a handful of history's influencers, their personality traits, and how they managed to leave such legacies. My name is Doug Downs. My guest today is personality coach Kate Mason, joining us from Adelaide, Australia. Hi, Kate. Hi, Doug. How uh, how are things? It's winter for you, right? So kids are out throwing snowballs and playing hockey and things like that. That's what winter is, isn't it? Yeah, sure. No, not here in South Australia. We've just um, had a week of 22 degrees, which actually is uncommon for South Australia. And we're just about to hit something like 16 degrees today. So, yeah, no toboggans. No, we have to go overseas to do all that type of stuff. So that's why we go to Canada. I kind of like, I like your winter. Your winter sounds okay to me. Kate, you're known in Australia as the personality coach. You're an author and international keynote speaker. You're a former teacher and now trained in personality profiling and an expert in the understanding of how personality affects lifestyles and relationships. So, Kate, let's first spend a bit of time on the tool that you use to analyze personalities, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And as we get into it, I know the MBTI um, for some can be a debatable topic of discussion, but for what it's worth, it is followed by many psychologists and others in various scientific disciplines. At the very least, this is going to give us insight for discussion. Tell us about the indicator. Okay. Now, look, I find the indicator a very, very valuable part of my life, and I wouldn't have written a book about it if I actually didn't think it had any effect. And with with all kinds of things, everyone's got their own opinion about it. Um, My opinion is the more you know about yourself and understand yourself, the better you get on in the world. So let's just take a quick look at the MBTI. So it's an instrument that sorts for preferences. Now, it doesn't actually measure 
personality trait, ability or character. So the preferences that you have are innate. You're born with them. But there are no right or wrong preferences and neither is wrong or right out of the preferences. It's just that you naturally prefer one. Now, the thing about life is that all of the circumstances that we're all in are unique and different. Now, personality isn't the one thing that determines who you are as a person. There is so much more about environment and all the other factors that come into it. So when you're thinking about personality type, it is just one instrument in all of who you are as a person. Now, while all the preferences are equal, each has different strengths and different challenges. So the fourth sets of preferences are the first extroversion introversion. Extroverts like to be with others and gain energy from people in the environment, and introverts gain energy from their time alone and need periods of quiet reflection throughout the day. So how do you gain your energy? Sensing and intuition is the next one. Now, senses gather their facts from their immediate environment, and they rely on everything that they can see, feel, hear, taste. Intuitives look more at the overall context of things and they think about patterns and meanings and connections and they're very futuristic, often looking to the future. So how do you collect your information? Thinking and feeling. Thinkers look for the logical correct solution whereas feeling people make decisions based on their emotions, values and needs of others. So how do you make your decisions? As I'm going along, please remember you can use both and one might be your first decision, but you can follow up with the second of these preferences immediately. The fourth is judging and perceiving. Now, judges prefer structure and they like things to be clearly regulated, whereas perceivers like things open and flexible, and they're often reluctant to commit themselves. So how do you organize your environment? Right. And where do you, where do you just quickly, where do you fit on the scale? What do you think yourself to be? Okay. So I'm an extrovert. And I'm sensing, I love, de- I love the detail. I am an F, I think with my, I think, make my decisions with my feelings. So um, just a quick example, my daughter's opposite to me, she's thinking, we run a business. Someone came in one day and they were rifling through their purse for some change. And I said to my daughter, oh my goodness, when she left, that poor woman, she, she must have no money. You know, maybe next, next time she comes in, we could give her half price on her lesson or something like that. And my daughter, the thinker, the logical person, looked at me and she said, you have to be kidding. She said, she's probably got loads of money. She's just looking for small change. She said, if, if you ran our business, we would be broke. And I quickly came around to, yes, she's right. But my initial thought was that feeling thought, that initial assumption of somebody, what was happening for somebody. So, and I'm a P, I'm a perceiving type. I'm very flexible. I go with the flow. I can change my mind in a minute. I can fit anything I like in my day. And structure actually is quite stressful. It's life, but it's stressful. So you're you're an ESFP. Did I get it I right? I am. Okay. That's right. Okay. And what we have, we have a list of people all all from history, all have passed on. So in establishing kind of a personality profile, we've relied on, uh, you've relied on uh, people who lived. In that time, what did they say about them? Uh, looking backward, what details do we have? So, so none of this are we saying is perfect, but this is no. an attempt to look at influencers throughout history. Some of them who've had profoundly good influence on the world today, and admittedly, some who've had profoundly bad mm-hmm. influence at least at their time. And hopefully, we're recovering as a society. So, we'll just run through the list. Cool. You tell me where you think they fit on the indicator, and then a, you know a minute or two of 
of why you think that. You ready to go? Sure. I'm ready to okay. go. Okay. First one is actually my favorite president in the, from the uh, of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Um, of all the U.S. presidents, I have to think he accomplished the most, and he mm-hmm. definitely had influence. Where do you see him on the MBTI scale? All right. So reading about good old Abe, he he sounds like a man that sat and listened to people a lot. He was very thoughtful. He uh, didn't always agree with people, but he didn't cast judgment on what he didn't agree with. He just went ahead and acted his own way. So he, according to many people online, is an INTP. Now, INTPs are innovators and they love logical analysis and pride themselves on their unique intellect and perspectives of life. And they love puzzling out the problems of the universe and trying to explain them. Now, this personality type, from the sounds of it, Abe Lincoln was an introvert. Uh, He was a very quiet man, but He thought a lot about things and he listened to people. And whether he thought what they said was correct or not, it sounded like he was a very good listener. However, he did go ahead and make his own decisions around many things because he had his own goal in mind. He was um, a man who was fighting for his beliefs. So he didn't make decisions that stayed in place. So because they put a P on the end, that means he was quite flexible. So he didn't necessarily structure everything and make it perfect and in place. He was able to change his mind as information came in and decisions were to be made. And I think this was really important because if he'd set things in stone, maybe he wouldn't have been able to follow the wars that took place and the abolition of slavery. He obviously had to be a fairly open thinker and a highly critiquing one as well. Wonderful. Uh, Diana, Princess of Wales. Okay. Now, Lady Di, the one that we all know <laughs> and love. Um, now, Di's an INFP, according to me. Uh, there are a couple of other things online, but if you look at Di, uh, she's an introvert, I feel. She was always very shy publicly, uh, reluctant to speak, always those eyes that used to look out from the front of the magazines in the women's, women's magazines. Now, INFPs are imaginative idealists, and they're guided by their own core values and beliefs. And realism is only a passing concern, and they see potential for a better future, and they pursue the truth, and they're looking after the world. They're looking after everybody. So Diana was a beautiful, sweet, affectionate, lovely woman, and you could see everything about Diana. She was kind of that person in public. She was generous and kind, courteous and resilient. Uh, She was a very intuitive person. She grasped ideas that were of emotional importance to her and acted on them. So she says, I lead from the heart, not the head, which Mm. definitely makes her an F in the whole thing of things. Now, she also was a P, and she was able to go with the flow. She never appeared... Uh, perhaps as strong as she could have been to some people's, you know, sorrow about where she ended up and how things happened for her. Um, but she was a great leader in herself in that people loved what she did and who she was. Love it. Um, Albert Einstein, E equals MC squared. That has that has stayed with us. Profound influence. 
simply a smart guy or can we look at the personality for, for some profile? Profound, profound. We can look at the personality and my personality doesn't like Einstein Einstein because nothing relatively goes with me at all, not being a Always scientist. the opposite. <laughs> yeah. He's a deep yeah. thinker. So he's another INTP. So what INTPs do is that they look at things and they try and work out problems. They find solutions. They look at novel and innovative ways of finding solutions to things and they often look uh, his, his, in his area he was a scientist doing this and as we know he was best known for developing the theory of relativity um, so, and received a Nobel Prize and as a truth seeker he was really good at spotting discrepancies and irregularities in data and in stories and was very analytical, objective, objective and logical. So all of these things attributed to his scientific discoveries and what he was like. It, we we had two names that we put down on our list, and and as you were doing the research, you found that these two really fit into the exact same personality type: Mother Teresa and Joan of Arc. Yes. Now I found that they fit into the INFJ type. Now introverts, once again, big picture people, once again, which we're going to find is a bit of a common theme here. Uh, feeling types. They are looking after the people. And Jays, they were people that put things in order and structured things and made things happen. Now, the INFP is a creative nurturer and they're driven by a really strong sense of personal integrity. And beneath their, underneath their empathic, empathetic, uh, reserved exterior are really serious people who are serious about helping others fulfill their needs. Now, both of these women had visions. Um, which is also an intuitive kind of belief system as well, and a divine callings. Now, Joan of Arc uh, testified seeing a vision of St. Michael at the age of 13 and continued to see many other visions of him throughout her life. And these visions were the ones that led her into battle and were the ones that helped her win those battles and were the ones that also these visions helped her win over the king at the time because she appeared to know knowledge that he he knew that she knew that nobody else knew, if that makes sense. So yeah. she obviously <clears throat> was an amazing woman and she fought for the people. She was fighting not just for her, she was looking after the people. Now Mother Teresa, the same thing, had a helping had a calling at the age of twelve to help the poor. And she became a nun in the end. However, that didn't suit her because another calling came and said that she had to help the poorest people that would directly, you know, directly help those poor people in the world. So she spent all of her years in amongst those people, helping them, giving up her life, training people who wanted to join her on this mission, giving up their lives as well to help those people in poverty. So <clears throat> Excuse me. These women gave up their lives to help other people. At Stories and Strategies, we make podcasts for clients anywhere in the world, including Australia. How popular have podcasts become down under? Well, 37% of the Australian population, 12 and up, listens to at least one podcast every month. 37%. Okay, some quick math. 37% of the Aussie population over 12 is 7.7 million people. There are 6 million Netflix subscribers in Australia. There are more podcast listeners in Australia than Netflix subscribers. 
Maybe a podcast is right for you or your organization. Want to talk about it? Send me an email personally, doug at storiesandstrategies.ca, and we'll set something up. We'll talk podcasts and maybe swap some Netflix ideas. Would you agree that those two in particular were, were more lead by influencing instead of lead by authority? Absolutely. They were lead by example. They were people that were in there doing it every day. And so they were part of the whole movement of what they believed in. So when you saw them doing it, that that was the thing. What people followed for that reason. The next two are, I think, definitely lead by authority. And we'll take them one at a time. Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. Now, not the man I want marrying my daughter, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> now... Have you lost your head? <laughs> Someone had to say it. Go find it. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's the ESTP, so the dynamo. Now, uh, ESTPs are energetic thrill seekers, not necessarily in the beheading type of way usually, but they're best at putting out fires. They bring a sense of dynamic energy to the interactions with others and the world around them. And they assess situations very quickly and are able to respond very quickly as well. That P enables them to get moving on what they see. Now, they're very active and playful and often the life of the party and have a good sense of humour. And they use their keen powers of observation to interact and solve problems. Now, the thing about King Henry VIII was that he had a strong focus on immediate gratification, as we well know, and was highly innovative and unconstrained. He's most famous for those six wives and obviously a little bit impatient because when he was unable to, you know, they were unable to give birth to children, then also obviously... Male children, yeah. Heartless, yeah. heartless on the, on the other side. Um, but according to literature, he was very much good fun. Uh, a man, you know, this is why the extrovert sits in well there. He loved having parties. He, he enjoyed people. He was out talking with people. Um, he wrote music too, yeah. Absolutely. So, and apparently handsome and intelligent as well, although uh, the indulgences apparently did have that weight gain, as we all know, is pretty stressful. And, you know, was an old man, I think, by the, about the age of, tw in his 20s, which by the, obviously in those times seemed to be, you have started very young and, and finished very, very early, according to us now. Uh, but he, he was a man, you know, who changed things because not, and I say he's an S, because he changed things not because of his belief system, um, in a sense, it wasn't. It was more because the church annoyed the hell out of him, because they wouldn't do what he wanted, and they also were taking a lot of um, money and wealth as well. And so, he, the reason why he got rid of the Catholic Church in that sense was not because he could see his way forward leading with a certain type of religion. It was more because of a sensing thing. In the moment, they didn't give him the annulment he wanted. They were taking a lot of money, and you know he was finished with them, type of thing. Another authoritarian, mm -hmm. Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, Adolf Hitler has, has mm, on the internet, very interesting, because some people cast him as an INFJ and some an INTJ. Now, adding that F in there just seems wrong for Hitler. Um, so I, I say this is feeling yes, this versus is the feeling perceiving. side. Okay. And, I mean, these are people, I guess, that have done the history around him, and they said that he was very kind to people and animals, etc. Now, my feeling... Is I felt an INTJ 
Now, the INTJ is actually a mastermind. And when we're talking about preferences, remember, we are not talking about the person and their behaviors. We are not talking about whether they're good or bad. We're talking about the preferences that they have to the outer world. So an INTJ, a healthy one, is a visionary, innovative, and really logical person. And they balance their sense of reason with an inner moral code and integrity that keeps them honest, loyal, and considerate. They believe in following their vision for the future, but also following their conscience and improving systems and the world. Now, the thing about Hitler is he, he showed all of those things. You know, he had all of that. He had it, not, but where he didn't have anything was that moral code of integrity. You know, he was full of ambition. Throughout his life, he was a man of vision. He knew what he wanted Germany to become, and he pursued that. He wasn't afraid of trying new things. He found creative ways to motivate people to obey him. Now, the thing about people like him is often they're very charismatic as well because that charisma is what builds followers. So he actually was able to read people's emotions and he was able to speak really well publicly, publicly and therefore communicate with people at an emotional level. So he, he really attracted the masses. All right. A completely different character from history, Walt Disney. I love Walt Disney. I love his story, um, all about him now. Oh, I've got Walt Disney as an ENTP, a visionary and a debater. These people are inspired to seek new solutions to challenging problems. They value inspiration above everything else, and they'll go down every avenue to find it. They'll explore, research, invent, and create. They're insatiably curious, and they want and they transfer from one project to the other with optimism, intensity, and tons of imagination. Trust their imagination, their gut feeling, and their visions. And that about describes Walt Disney perfectly. It does. He had to fight and to mm -hmm. follow all of his inspiration. He grew up in a poor family, had no special advantages in any way. But he was energetic and adaptable, and he wanted to share what he had, his ideas, with the world. And he never stopped. His overview, look, I went to Florida and, you know, Disneyland, and the fact that he established all of the bought all the land and got it all ready to go for that Disneyland years before it was even built. He was just so big picture and imaginative. Yeah. And he yeah. also had a charisma, you know. He he let he couldn't believe anything couldn't be done. And he was in a P because he was able to take in new information once again and go on creating and moving and with the times and with everything. Next, a name that's maybe not a household name, but, but a really important positive uh, person from history, Abu Hanifa. Yes. Now, unfortunately on the internet, not a lot of things that I can find around there. So he was an INTP an intuitive thinker, not so much interested in science, more interested in spiritual knowledge. He created one of the do four doctrines of the schools of Islamic law, and these were applied to the majority of Muslim dynasties. Even today, it's widely followed in India, Pakistan, Turkey, Central Asia, Central Asia sorry, and Arab countries. Um, someone closer to home, Steve Irwin. Okay, Steve Irwin, ESF ESFP. He's me. He's the entertainer, okay? <laughs> so he loves the spotlight uh, and the world's a stage. Now, the ESFPs are vivacious entertainers who charm and engage those around them. They're spontaneous, they're sp spontaneous energetic, fun-loving, and take pleasure in all things around them. Now, Steve was a passionate conservationist and believed in promoting um, his environmentalist 
by creating excitement around it. He did a lot of film clips. He messed around with snakes and crocodiles. And his following was due to his exuberance and his love of nature um, and the fact that he showed it off to the world. Okay, last question. Um, Mm -hmm. These are all influencers. After all the analysis, let's imagine you're a corporate director hiring a new team that has to work together. So it's not just the best workers, it's it's the best fit. It's a team. Uh, you're going to need one director who reports only to you and then three managers who oversee employee operations in general. Who's your director from that list and who are your three managers? All right. Now, my director is Walt. I would have Walt Disney anytime. Aha. He's the big picture leader. He's the one, he's the man that is going to make my business work. He's going to go out there and he's going to find more business. He's creative. He's going to keep looking. He's going to give me ideas. He's he's going to build my business. Look look how he's done his business. So he's the man I want up the top. He's also gets along really well with people. So anyone that's going to report to him, he's going to have a, a rapport with them. He's going to make an effort to build that rapport with them because that's what he does. Now, my next one there is is Steve, good old Steve, because I want someone that's working with the people that is an entertainer, that is happy, that does make people feel really good about themselves. Um, and look, unfortunately, there are two Ps sitting in there. And the third one I've chosen was actually King Henry VIII. Oh, interesting. Um, look, <laughs> He's got a report up provide... to Walt Disney here. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And provided we don't give him any women, we're just hoping that it's really going to go quite well here. So he, because he's an ESTP, ESTPs are actually really great at people making good decisions, making fast decisions and getting things moving. My daughter is one of these people and she... She just gets out there, but she charms people at the same time. So it gets along really well. And the fourth, look, I have to have a J in there somewhere because you can't run an organisation around too many perceiving type people because everything goes with the flow and things will start to get wish-washy and there won't be anyone to pull everything in. So unfortunately, I I would rather have an ISTJ or an ISFJ, but I have to go for another intuitive uh, group of people. So I've got Mother Teresa and Joan of Arc because they're going to get in there and they're going to do it every day. They're going to work the system. They're going to work the system that's being given them. They're going to look after the people. And if they have belief in the company that I'm running, they're going to give me everything. I'm going to have, they're, they're going to give it all. So wonderful. That's my team. Good luck with your team structure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Remember that it takes all different kinds to make a team. Exactly, and we're not. To, and and we are. And as we say, we're not talking about. The, we're talking about the type rather than the actual person. But still, I would love I to know like Walt which one Walt chooses as his successor. Right? Because every good leader has yes. to have a. That could be real interesting. Yes. There, it would be very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Kate, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. I loved it. And it was great fun. Thanks, Doug. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Kate Mason, the personality coach, send an email to thepersonalitycoach at gmail.com. That's also in the show notes, as well as a link to Kate's podcast, Personalities, Parents and Partners. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. And just one ask before you click to the next episode or, or leave to do something else. One ask this time, if you would please leave a rating, leave a four star or a five star rating. That's all we ask. Thanks for listening.